The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Modern Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. I'm so glad you're here. I manifested my way all the way to HGTV, and now I help you design the life you deserve through simple and practical feng shui manifesting methods. My intention is for you to feel more inspired than you were before you hit play. Are you ready to design the life you deserve? Let's get started. Hey, Radley. Thanks for being on the show. How are you today? I'm well. How are you, Christina? I'm really good. I don't know. I wanted to stand up and do a happy dance the second I saw you on the screen because I have been working with your angel decks for over 10 years now, and I'm just so excited and honored to talk to the person behind these extremely helpful and powerful decks. And I think that your work is just so incredible. So I'm grateful to have the opportunity to thank you in person today. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So, um, you know, I really wanted to ask you about how you stepped into this purpose and this passion. Because when I first learned about you about a decade ago, I remember you sharing your story about how you worked in, you had an office job. And I, I feel like a lot of people can really relate to this. I know um, I've been working in public education now for 17 years. Um, And then I also have this feng shui business that's very spiritual and a little bit different. And I am just really curious to know, how did you step out of something? And like, what was that like? being in the office and also having this gift and this passion for what you do. Yeah. So, I mean, I was always kind of tuned in, even as a child, I was tuned in. I think I was, I don't think I know I was talking to an angel for the first time when I was five. So I had that kind of bent. Um, My family is part Cherokee. So there's an essence of mysticism that was in the air, but they were also Christian. So that element was there. My mother was the administrative assistant to the Bishop of the United Methodist Church. And so uh, uh, there was a foundation of believing in the things that were beyond what we could see that was always a part of my life. Um, I grew up gay in um, Knoxville, Tennessee, and somewhere in my early 20s, 
the the Methodist church loved to like do revolving doors on their ministers. And a minister kind of came in who um, decided to purge the church of gay people. And, um, and, and he was doing an effective job. And so that was kind of, for me, this moment, and this all pertains, I promise, but this was this, there was this moment where, I was like, okay, religion is not going to work for me. That's it's, I, I need another path. And that's where I really started turning to alternative spirituality. I started really getting into angels. <clears throat> My first angel teacher, whose name was Carla Flack, um, was also a tarotist. And so I started learning about cards. And so that became a part of me. Um, and it became a very deep and powerful part of me. Um, in the meantime, I had gone to college. I had, I like to say, accidentally gotten an accounting degree. And um, <clears throat> I um, and I, I got really lucky because ironically, um, my first accounting job was with a publishing company. And so it was sort of like foreshadowing, I think, in a way, because it never occurred to me that I would be writing or speaking or anything. Um, But somewhere about 20 years in accounting, I started to get to this space where I was like, you know what? I don't think I can continue to do this. Um, I've never, I've never regretted being an accountant. I, I feel like it has served me over and over and over again. And that it continues to serve me. Um, so many people in my industry of spiritual teachers and stuff are not grounded in those concepts, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like it serves me that I'm that I'm in a way left brained and right brained. Mm-hmm. But around the year um, 2000, I started to go, I don't think I can do this anymore. It was actually the end of 1999. And um, and I um I just sort of was like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm not going to do this. Um, My life was still very steeped in cards and very steeped in angels. I thought, well, maybe I could do something like that, but it it wasn't really present for me. Believe it or not, I was not um, at all like a Hay House junkie. I, I didn't I didn't know them. I didn't know who those people were, really, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> I had read um, 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 Neil Donald Walsh's conversations with God, and that really turned my world upside down. And I had read a lot of some books like that, but um, and Neil wasn't even a Hay House author at that time. So it's like I was just outside this world. And so my then partner um, uh, came home with this book and said, I read this. I saw he saw it, read the back cover. It looked like you. And me and my three brothers were just on our way to Mexico. And so I read Born Knowing by John Holland on the beach. Okay. That's what did it. That, and I give him full credit for this and he knows it. It's like, I read that book and that was when I was like, that, that is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm built for. I am, I'm going to do this. And so I had it in my head. I was going to be a medium. And Mm -hmm. so I, I trained with John. 
I, I started to discover other Hay House authors. I trained with them. And, and so I just, I just decided I was going to really do it. And I, so I got, um, um, first of all, I, after I retired from accounting, I was a little bored. And so I got a job in a metaphysical bookstore, Ooh. which I know I loved it. I loved it. It was like, it's not, I wasn't doing readings. I wasn't doing anything like that. I was in charge of, uh, you know, it's like make the store pretty, ring up purchases, stuff like that. And I loved it. I got the job at Christmas time. So I loved it. It was so much fun. And somewhere in there, the owner of that store came in one day and said, so Radley, <clears throat> um, I have bad news for you. You're fired. And I was like, what? And he's like, unless you want to do readings, in which case you're hired. And he was really trying to push me. The readings were all in this room upstairs. And he was trying to mm -hmm. push me. He was like going, you need to move forward. You So I started doing readings. I went on to an online uh, reading service. I did readings that away. I continued to study. <clears throat> um, but to be honest with you, around 1995, I got scared. I felt like my career wasn't going anywhere. Um, I wasn't making any money. Um, I, I was still financially healthy, but I was like, well, but I won't be forever. And so I went back to accounting and I got this job in, with the government in taxes, which was literally like hell on earth. Uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, it was like, I was really good at it. They loved me. They gave me so much freedom that they gave nobody else. Um, but I, I just still hated it. And after two years, I quit it. And I, and, and I think that that's when I fully committed myself to it. I, where I was mm -hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not wishy-washy about it. I am going to do this. And I just, I just didn't stop. I, I just, kept pressing on and I, I just sort of got discovered to be honest, mm -hmm. got discovered. Um, and, um, I, and I got a Hay House contract and I, you know, I think that too, part of it was that I am really probably a workaholic probably because since I signed my first contract, um, angel trove cards, which you have came out in 2012, I've created 10 decks, three books, four video courses, and a slew of other video courses on my own just in that time frame of 11 years. And I think that's what really made my career go was my commitment to it was that I was like, I am going to do whatever it takes and, and, but do it in a place of love and laughter and enjoyment. I'm, and it's like, I love what I do. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I can relate to that. I love your laugh, by the way. It's, it's one of the, it brings <laughs> my, you. yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Okay. I have a couple of clarifying questions because I was sure, listening to you. It. So you, you were in, you were an accountant, you said for 20 years. Yes, I was. Okay. So 20 years. And when you, was it when you went to Texas, when did you start doing the actual angel readings for your people, for people in the office? Didn't you like, how did you kind of balance this passion that you had? And actually another clarifying question, when you were working at the metaphysical shop, and then you started to do readings, you said you were working with John Holland, who is a, a very well-known medium, right? Were you doing 
were you being like doing psychic mediumship readings or were you working with angels and angel tarot at that point? Yep. Like, yep. Yep. So let me clarify some of that. So, okay. um, um, when I, um, was before I went back to accounting, I was full on doing that work. And I, um, that's when I got the book, um, from John Holland, I read it. And so I started to learn from him. I started taking his classes and I, I did wind up upstairs doing readings because I thought I wanted to be a medium. The truth of the matter is I'm a really good medium. The, uh, the other truth of it is I don't like the work. And, oh. um, it, I feel like being a medium is a pretty sacred, pre pretty hallowed, kind of service um any kind of readings can be laced with people's sorrow and sadness and a desire to heal but there is something about mediumship that i feel like is a whole other level um i i wound up doing a, a, some readings for people and people whose like spouses had committed suicide and people whose uh, friends had been murdered and and so there was just this whole energy because I was training in angels at the same time I was training in mediumship. And um, for your listeners, uh, I have my hands up here and it's like mediumship, if you want to think of it as being this energy that's like six feet, feet over your head. OK, by that, I mean, it's it's kind of grounded on the earth. Angel work, think of it as being 12, 15 feet over your head. And so there is a lightness of being to doing angel work. There is a joy, even in the healing of sorrow. There is a connection to the divine. Um, you know, and I have friends who are are mediums. Heather Hildebrand is a dear friend of mine. She just did a reading for me literally three days ago. I am a big proponent in the healing that can come from mediumship. It's just, I didn't like the work. I got too emotionally attached to people's sadness. Um, and so after doing it for a couple of years, I started to go, you know, this isn't, I can't, I'm not good at letting go. I'm not good at disconnecting with the other person from their sadness and so i that's where i shifted to okay i'm just I'm, I'm an angel boy i'm going hardcore into that that's where i like it um and um and then when i went back to work in accounting and that was in denver by the way um when i went back to work in accounting my presence as a spiritual person was already established to a certain extent um, on the internet. And I was in charge of an auditing department. So you can't hide anything from auditors. You can't. So it didn't take 10 minutes before these auditors had figured me out from top to bottom, knew what I did on the side, knew that aspect of me. Um <clears throat> They would come into my office and shut the door and go, I know you're not supposed to do this here, but can you just do a reading for me? Can you pull a card for me? Um, which I did not leave out on my desk, but I did happen to have one. In my <laughs> desk. So, um, so it was known that I was doing both. 
um, and that I had that side. And I think that it was a, I, I think it was probably, and I've never thought about this before, but I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a, how do I want to percentage wise this? I'm going to go that 50% of the people who knew about it thought it was weird and, and strange that 25% of the people thought it was super cool and amazing. And 25% of the people just didn't care. Mm -hmm. They just didn't care. They were like, whatever, I don't care. Um, mm -hmm. But cool. I came from a corporate background of startup companies, which is an energy that is just free and independent and wild and crazy. I didn't fit in the government world, which is rigid and strict and bolted down. And, and I believe that when we are off path, the angels will do anything possible to make us miserable. Mm -hmm. And I know that, and, and I said, no, that sounds weird, but it's a very loving thing. They will do anything it takes to push us towards joy, including making us more and more miserable until mm -hmm. we finally make that leap of faith. till we finally make that change. till we finally make the decision of no, I am going to make the hard choice and I'm going to go after happiness. And wow. I think that's why people have challenging lives is because they're either not aware of that or they are so stuck in their fear that they won't make a choice that's towards happiness. Wow. That's powerful. So when you, you were in this government job and I can completely really, I, I feel very grateful. I work essentially in a government job working for public education, have been in right. it for 17 years. Um, and I feel like very blessed and grateful because uh, my role, I'm a social emotional learning coordinator. I help bring mindfulness into, into classrooms. And it's like this dream. I, I like to say it's like the best job I could possibly have in education. I love it so much. Um, yeah. But, you know, I also um, feel that when, like, I know, like you said, like, you kept getting pulled and called to doing this. And I just feel like, what if you didn't answer the door? And I, I just, I don't know if you understand, like, these decks have literally helped me. I transitioned from being a classroom teacher to being a school administrator. I literally, I really leaned hard on the Archangel Power Tarot deck for that transition mm -hmm. in my life. And it like really, it just kept giving me the same message, like keep going, keep going. Um, I took the Hay House Writers Workshop and self-published my own book, Teaching from the Heart with Feng Shui. Again, it was like always kind of like, I feel like Feng Shui actually was the gate opening up to more spirituality. Um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, you kind of, you were talking about 50%. Well, he would always say that if you're making 50% of the people happy, you're actually doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I really liked hearing him say that because I just thought everything he said was just so great and fascinating. And even he would say, you know, there's 50% of the people out there that don't even like what he's doing, but he actually introduced me to Hay House Radio and, and, and then like really close to right before he passed. And like, um, also fun fact, Louise Hay and I have the same birthday. Oh, oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. You just had it, right? Yes. So I feel, I don't know. I was like in a world of 8 billion people, I have felt pulled toward Hay House in the past decade. And so it's been what your work, what you have done following your guidance. Um, I know you said you're working really hard and it can be probably very exhausting 
but it, you know, it's the work that like you're meant to be doing and it's, it's your highest calling, which is really, um, special. And, um, I think that that's, that's really a special gift. So I'm so glad that you did follow that. And I'm curious to know, um, when you were, when did you then start writing your own angel decks? Because you've written, you said, I think, was it three books and then over 10 decks? 10 decks. The 10th one is coming out on Halloween. It's called Angels and Auras, Oracle Cards. And I did it with my spiritual BFF, Dougal Frazier, who's another oh, cool. house author. Yeah. All right. Well, I was actually hoping you would do a little reading for us because I was telling you before we started recording, like, I know it's, you know, we're in 2023, we're rounding out, but I kind of feel like we're already starting to think about next year. Um, Really kind of cool that you're coming out with this, uh, like Halloween, because I feel like the veil is really thin. I'm like, is that, did you do that intentionally? We don't have, we don't, I don't have any control over that. Um, and I want to okay. go back and answer your question that you asked before, but to finish this, I don't have any control over that. Hay yeah. House does that. Hay House loves publishing me in October. It's just their thing. They like me there. They like it because it's right before the holiday catalog comes out. And my stuff mm-hmm. sells really, really well. So they like my stuff to be like, oh, here's the newest deck by Radley Valentine. And it's in their holiday catalog. And so they do that mostly. I do have a deck coming out in April next year and October of next year. So um, every like three or four years, I wind up with two products in a year. It just sort of happens. You asked me, when did I start writing my my own decks? And I presume that you're talking about my previous co-author. My uh, Maybe you're not, but my previous co-author actually had zero to do with the writing of the decks that had her name on them. Um, she didn't know anything about tarot. She really wasn't super interested in it. So um, she um, um, it she put her name on them, and that was win-win for me. I mean, it was win-win for everybody. Um, it's why I traveled so much with her, because she couldn't answer any questions about the product because she didn't know anything about it. Um, so when she decided to retire in her special way from the industry, um, Hay House just went and took her name off of everything. But literally everything you see all the way back to 2012 is my product. So interesting. And I'll be honest, I've never used Tarot Docs before. So what I really love, like you came up with this concept of having the archangels, like, well, yeah. all your decks are different and you could probably speak to them. I mean, do you want to speak to maybe the new one that's coming out? And like, is it yeah. like, are all of your, <clears throat> I, I kind of feel limited because I only have three decks and obviously they're the, the old copy. So I'm going to have to get a new copy of, of uh, there's you know, nothing, updated there's Archangel. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with the copies you have. They're perfectly fine. So you don't need to. I absolutely. Up. Okay. <laughs> I absolutely. I, cause oh, I love using them. Are all of your decks, like the one that's coming out, like, is that like also like modeled after tarot and then you just kind of um that's a really interesting question because most of my decks have been tarot or tarot either it's like it's pronounced both ways in the united states depending on regional dialects but Mm um um the thing about my um most of my work has been tarot, tarot, and you're right. What I did was I tried to take all the fear and the, ang- the unnecessary fear and unnecessary anxiety out of those decks. 
Tarot is about life. You can't erase sorrow. You can't erase pain. You can't erase illness. You can't erase things like that from life because it's just a part of life. But what I did do was basically say, you know what? Here's this card. Traditional tarot calls it Ten of Swords. I use the element, so it's Ten of Air. Um, in traditional tarot, this is a guy laying face down in a pool of blood with Ten Swords in his back, all just to say the situation is over seems unnecessary. And so, you know, so I basically changed a lot of the imagery, took out symbolism that was unnecessarily graphic, took out words that didn't make, that really didn't um, represent what the cards meant, like death or devil. The death card doesn't mean a physical death. The devil card doesn't mean a guy in a red suit with a pitchfork chasing you around. So why scare people to be all the pajeezies out of them by having it? So I made those changes. I've done three Oracle card decks <clears throat> so far, and that's what Angels and Auras is. Now, you asked a really interesting question. You said, is it based on tarot? Only a little bit. Um, but um, we did something different, Dougal and I, with Angels and Auras Oracle cards than um, I had ever done before or that I'd ever seen anybody do before. So in Tarot, there's the major arcana, which are cards 0 through 21, which are these cards that represent like major life experiences. And then there's the rest of the cards, which are the minor arcana, which is made up of pip cards and court cards. Um, so in this, Angels and Auras is a deck of only 44 cards. It is not meant to be a Tarot deck. It's an Oracle card deck. But there are 12 cards that we call core cards that function sort of like a mini major arcana. Um, and they have archangels on them. And the whole concept of angels and auras was because in Dougal and I's work, we started to realize that there was a com there was a connection, an un unexpected connection between aura colors and what they meant to us on an energetic level and the colors that archangels are said to radiate to. And we started, we both had Hay House radio shows. We kept going on each other's shows and he would start talking about pink. And I'd be like, huh, that's so weird because Archangel Jophiel is pink. And she also means the same thing. And he'd talk about blue. And I'm like, no, that's so weird because Archangel Michael is blue. And he's also about, and we started to kind of like have this big aha moment of there's something here. And, and so angels and auras, um, has the 12 core cards. It also has um, the, um, in fact, this is a deck that's not even been shuffled or anything. Let me grab my other one. Uh, but it has each, the core cards have a color on them. Um, for example, here is Uriel in gold. And so it has the, the energy that was represented by the color gold and also the energy that is represented by Archangel Uriel. Um, but then there are other cards that we just basically called reading cards. For example, here we have Shower of Prosperity, okay, Shower of Prosperity. And so we have this color bar down at the bottom, and it's what Dugo calls color activation. And so there's the meaning of the card uh, that is represented down here by the words, but there's also this, this bar that is green and white, and in the deck, Dougal, Deb Dougal explains why green and white are great colors for bringing prosperity into your life. 
Something also that I've never seen done that we did is that this deck is meant to be read both upside right and upside down. So inverted. Now other decks are meant to do that. What's different that I than I know of, I'm not aware of anybody else that's done this, is we have the words upside right for the meaning that is upside right. And upside down, there are words that are now upside right when the card is upside down to tell you what the shadow side of the card means. So, for example, in this card, it says upside right shower of prosperity is wealth and opportunity and success and manifestation. But if someone draws this card and it is upside down, the meaning is missed opportunities, unmotivated, stubborn and a sense of lack. And so the card meanings in this deck go from 44 to 88 without making the deck even any larger. So that's angels and auras. That's the concept of that. That's incredible. Um, I wish, you know, viewers could actually, or listeners could see the artwork on there. It's really, really beautiful. Um, and I'm curious now, like, so with your other decks, I always just thought like if something's inverted, again, I don't use tarot. I use your Oracle decks, sure. which it looks like these have like 78 cards. Yeah, that's because um, those are actually tarot decks. Oh, Okay. Yeah. See, I'm all, I'm kind of new at all this, even though I well, do feel very see, connected I'm to the actually, angels when I'm, I use these. But see, but see, Christina, in my opinion, you just gave me a compliment because yeah. part of what I wanted from my tarot decks was to take the fear out of tarot. I wanted people who felt comfortable with Oracle card decks to go, okay, I'm ready to play with the tarot deck and not be afraid. And so the energy of this tarot deck is meant to be if you want to go down the rabbit hole of tarot cards, which is a deep rabbit hole of symbolism and meaning and multiple possibilities and all this different stuff, you can. If you are just a person that really likes oracle cards, you can still pick up one of my tarot decks and treat it like an oracle card deck and you're good to go. But you were about to say I was just going to ask about the inverted. I always just thought that it just meant pay close attention if the card's inverted. So that's why I think it's really interesting that you have double meanings with, with this deck. Well, so. let's, un let's unpack that just briefly. Yeah. So in Radley's little world, okay, that's how I have taught tarot is that, but is that, you know, if you see a card that's upside down, turn it upside right, but give it special attention. In traditional tarot, that is not the case. Those 78 cards have different meanings if they're upside down. It's called reading reversed. And I, I don't mean to at all underestimate people who are reading from my decks, but I feel like most of my readers felt like 78 was already a lot of cards. It was twice as many as a regular Oracle card deck of 44. And to tell people, no, these actually have 156 meanings times two or three, since every card has two or three meanings, was just to be basically like, okay, it's too much, I can't. Um, but you can, a traditional tarotist who knows how to read reversed cards, you can read my decks reversed, you can. It's just, okay. I don't teach it because I'm just trying to get people to the place of comfort of what it is and then tell them, if you want to go after this other 78 meanings, go for it. 
Appreciate that. As someone who uses your decks, I feel like I can just pick it up. I love the guidebook. I love that I can, I try to interpret it, sort of listen to my higher self and like interpret it as, you know, see what stands out to me. But I always love to look back and actually read what you wrote that it means. Mm -hmm. To me, that's very helpful. Um, just a quick personal story. I, I was getting a Reiki reading and I haven't had like a, a, a true Reiki session in my whole life. And right before the reading, this person, I trust her very much. She's like, I don't know why, but I felt like pulling cards for you. And she was using a tarot deck and she pulled a card that was like wool over your eyes inverted. And I was like, and she was telling me that to look out and like that someone's like maybe doing something behind my back or something and to be careful. And she pulled like all these cards that kind of gave almost like a warning, like a negative connotation. And it was like, you might be like unhappy with the results of like your efforts. You don't feel like it's coming in fast enough. And it was like all these things. And I'm just sharing this with you because like, I don't know, like it was, I, I am a little bit more on high alert now after that, because I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm being too naive in whatever I'm doing in my life right now. I'm making a lot of big moves in my career. Um, what are your thoughts on like, what happens if someone read, if you pull a card and it doesn't sit well with you or you feel afraid? I, so I'm very careful with those kinds of messages. Um, I tend to, call cards i mean there are cards that even read upside right and tarot are not necessarily the cards that we want to get you know um mm -hmm. so i i basically tell people if they that first of all nothing in a reading is faded readings are not fake they are an energetic measurement of where you are at a particular moment doing what you're doing at a particular moment and where that those actions and that energy are most likely to take you if no changes are made. So if someone gets a card that I don't like, I like, I particularly don't like seven of air. I don't like seven of air. I don't want to see seven of air. And it may very well have been the wool pull, having the wool pulled over your eyes card. I don't know. There's a couple of other cards that it could have been. Um, because there is no tarot card called wool over your eyes. It's it's that's obviously a stylistic tarot deck of which there are many and they're perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but it, I would look at that and go, you know what? It's like, there's a million retrogrades in the sky right now. Read stuff before you, before you sign it. You know, this is a heads up. This is a, not a, this horrible thing is going to happen. This is a, be more diligent, pay attention, notice what you're signing, notice what you're doing. Um, if somebody says something or does something towards you and it feels kind of icky or weird or strange, notice it, pay attention to it, give it extra attention. Heads up cards. And, and I also tell people, it's like, you know, if you have a card that's talked, like, for example, uh, 10 of wands in traditional tarot, I call it 10 of fire, is a card that talks about overwork. It talks about stress and anxiety. And you know what? You're working so hard, you might even get sick because you're working so hard. And But it's not a fate. It's not this is going to happen. It's a, maybe a little life balance, Christina, might be a good idea. Maybe it's time to like find a little balance in life, 
figure out, get somebody else to help you delegate things that you don't need to do, or just wash your hands of it. There's a way to tell any story that is empowering and a way to tell a story that can be disempowering. Um, or there's a way of telling somebody a story that is empowering with optimism and a way of telling somebody a story that is empowering, that is done through fear. And I just look at tarot and my versions as being that whole thing that we talked about at the, at the beginning of the show. If you are headed towards a path of unhappiness, the universe is going to make you uncomfortable I mean, I would do want to back up on a little bit. I think the universe will give you signs, change, change, change. But if you don't, the universe will make you uncomfortable until you do. And these readings are like, you know what? You're working too hard. You know what? It's possible somebody could like not have the best of intentions. You're an intuitive person. Are you paying attention to your gut feelings or are you just in autopilot? Maybe don't be in autopilot right now maybe be aware. But the last thing I would tell you to do is be in fear. That's everything. I feel like I'm so grateful to be talking to you because it's just like hearing you explain your own decks and hearing you explain how to read the cards. It's just so special because it's like everything. I wish you could just be with me for every card reading, uh, <laughs> but I, I want to tell you, I really try not to like, if I get a card that I'm not super thrilled about, cause I'm like, Ooh, like you said, seven of air or something like that. It's like, I just see the unicorns. I feel like they're the unicorns in this deck, the air cards, aren't they? they are. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Absolutely, exactly um, right. <laughs> um, I just, I try not to like do another reading and ask the same question because I know you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do okay. a reading and then do, keep asking the same question, right? Because well, just because they don't, you, maybe the angels don't give you the answer you want. <laughs> Colette Baron Reed is a super close friend of mine. Okay. We are very close. We text all the time. We call each other brother and sis. And she does talk about that. She calls it Oracle card abuse. But you know what? I'm just going to like back that up a little bit and say, it's, I don't think it's a horrible thing. I think to ask the same question day after day for 10 days in a row, hoping you'll get the answer you want is probably not going to work. I do think that if you pull a card that has you concerned, rather than necessarily asking the question again, maybe you what you might want to do is go, well, what else do I need to know about this situation? And then pull more cards. And go, oh, we're just going to keep going with a seven of air. Oh, well, maybe somebody's not got the greatest of intentions and maybe I need to be paying more attention. What else do I need to do? And so you pull another card and it's a card that says, stand your ground, you know, mm -hmm. look out for yourself, you know. And and so it's like, OK, that's good advice. And you pull another card and it's, uh, you know, and it's like saying something along the lines of, um don't think you're stuck. You are not trapped. That is an illusion. And so you can get more information about a particular card that you are concerned about or that you don't like. You're basically doing readings, in all honesty, in the way that is kind of the hardest way to do a reading, which is for yourself. We're, we are very emotionally invested 
and what is happening. When we pull a card, sure, some people pull a card. I no longer do this. Maybe I should. Some people pull a card every day and go, what's my day? That's a whole other thing, right? But when a lot of us, when we pull a card, it's because we're worried about something. We're concerned. We're like, oh, my God, what if this doesn't go right? I should pull a card. And and in that moment, we're emotionally invested. We're like, and so we can pull the happiest card in the whole deck. We can pull nine of water, nine of water, wish comes true. What you want now comes to you. What is wrong with that? Nothing. And yet we as human beings can look at that card and go, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I need to be careful what I wish for? I mean, we can find the negative in anything and we can find catastrophe in a negative card. And so for us to be able to read for ourselves, we have to be able to emotionally detach. And so if we pull a card and we don't like it, you know, it's like, leave the card there and walk away. Just go, you know what? It's like, okay, right now I'm only seeing the negative. I'm going to ask the angels to help me to understand this. I'm going to walk away from it. I'll come back to it later today. See how it was relevant to today. See what filters into my conscience today because the angels put messages in my head so that when I come back and look at this card and go, this isn't that bad. Mm -hmm. I know how to handle, I can handle this. I got this. I love that. I feel like truly with working with your decks, I told you for over 10 years now, I don't feel like anything ever left me feeling so hopeless because just the way that your decks are written are very gentle in general. Mm -hmm. So I do think that, and I love how you describe sometimes just asking for more information because essentially what you're saying is that you can truly have a conversation with your angels through these card decks, which is really cool. It's like just giving more information. It's just such a a beautiful connection to your higher self, to to angels. I absolutely love talking to angels. They will talk back to you. Yesterday I did a presentation at the London School of Feng Shui and um, at 111, I happened to ask a question in the chat and like my chat was just one, 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 one. It was so cool. And then at the end of the presentation, there were, there happened to be 111 participants in the zoom. Oh. And I was like, it was so nice. It was like, thank you angels. Just for like showing me that they were with me. So, well, I mean, I, I always say you can't make this stuff up. I mean, what are the odds that that's the number of students you had at the end of your class? I mean, what are, I mean, it's just, you know, it's as, and this is part of why I like being, having been an accountant, I can, it helps me to be able to look at things that happen like this and go mathematically, this is improbable or mathematically, this is nearly impossible. And then I can look at it and go, that's angels. That's angels. When you pull the same card, it's like Dougal and I've done this before where we literally pulled the exact same card at the exact same time. The up that is just a wild, not going to happen. Right. Um, Or to pull the same card three times in a row, doing what you said, Colette's Oracle card abuse, you know, and shuffle, 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 pull a card. Okay, I don't like that. Put it back. Shuffle, 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 pull a card. Crap, same card. Put it back. Shuffle, 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 pull a card. It's still that same super card. And that has happened to me. 
And to me, that's angels. That's like, they're like, you're not going to get out. You're not getting out of this message. And that that is by its very nature, love. I love that. Yeah. That happened to me the other day with a good card. It popped out of the deck and I was like, no, but like, I I, I just was like, I got to put it back. Cause I don't know if it really, and it popped up in the, in the reading. So I was like, okay, so you do want me to have this card. So I do agree that, you know, it's something bigger than it's not just you, you know, when you see these, I love that you you're using your mathematical brain to be like the probability of that actually happening is so low. Like it's gotta be a force far greater. Right. Exactly. And I love that. That's, That's exactly so cool. right. Well, I want to honor your time. And like, if you are cool with, you know, doing a little mini reading with your new deck, I would love that. I don't know if you want to do like, how many cards do you want to do for 2024? If you want to do, what what are you, what were your thoughts? Let's do four cards. Let's do one a quarter. Okay. Okay. And see what we get. So I Mm -hmm. am again, using angels and auras Oracle cards, which comes out on October 31st. Um, so When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So this is January, February, March, April, May, June, like July, August, September, August, uh, October, November, December. I am so happy to say I think we're going to have a good 2024. (laughs) So for the first three months, we have a card that's called Perfect Timing, Perfect Timing. And for your listeners, what we have here is we have a clock. And one half of the clock is the sun and the other half of the clock is the moon. And so it is this energy of balance, perfect timing. And the card says auspicious, clockwork, planning, and patience. So this is a card that really is talking about the fact that things are going to happen in perfect timing, uh, uh, January through March. It's going to be this time where it just feels like, okay, that was perfect. That was perfect timing. That was good. That was good. Things that we are planning right now for the first three months of 2024, we are planning for them to happen in the perfect timing. The second card that uh, I love this too, April, May, June. This is the first card I ever pulled from this deck for myself when I got the deck is wise decision, wise decision. And it's, Accurate, brilliant, organized, and validated. 
And so what do we have here? Well, we have things that we did that were perfect timing. And now in the next three months of 2024 of April, May, June, we are making really wise decisions. Those decisions might be based on what happened in those first three months, or we might be experiencing the brilliance of our perfect timing of the first three months to see that past decisions we made were like, oh my God, I was so smart. Um, but I feel like there is also just the, we learn from the things that we did perfect timing to be able to make really wise decisions. For July, August, September, we have a card called Evolution. Evolution. And I should back up for your listeners and say, wise decision is a chorus of angels applauding the decision that you made. Evolution we have this beautiful woman who is standing here. She's got a crown on her head and green healing energy is swirling all around her. And this card talks about empowerment and transformation and being protected and prepared, indicating that the perfect timing, our wise decisions have taken us to a place where we're being able to be empowered and to rise to the to a new level. Things are going to go like, wow, I am really in my space. I feel like, okay, I'm going to the next place that we need to go. <clears throat> we end 2024 with a beautiful card called Open Your Heart to Love. And here we have a beautiful door set in a cosmic scene. The door is basically floating in outer space. And on the front of it is a brilliant red heart and a key that is hanging on the uh, door handle with an angel wing on the key, indicating it is up to us to take the key off the handle, unlock the door, and step through the door to love. And the card says vulnerability, forgiveness, allowing, and community. So to me, this is really, a, you know, we think about the last three months of the of the year as being where we're really heading into the holidays, we're heading into the season of light. I think there's a lot of gratitude energy in this card of like, wow, things have really gone a, a way that all of us desperately need. 2020 was, ugh. 2021 was not much better. 2022 was a little bit better. 2023 kind of tanked again. And so here we are like going, come on guys, I need a year now. It's time. And I feel like we kind of go into this thing where we feel like, wow, it was such a good year. A lot of things went well. Yeah, of course, bad things happen because they always do because it's life on planet earth. But a lot went really well. And I'm in this place where I can really just open my heart to love to the people that are around me, but also to the divine and to my angels. So there you go. Mm. Thank you for that reading. And so none of those cards were inverted or were they? They were not. They were not. And see, that's super cool because that's like us functioning in so many ways, not from our shadow side, not from fear, not from worry. We're, we're like literally in this whole evolution energy that we saw in the third quarter of I'm standing tall in my power with my boundaries. I'm standing in a higher place. So yeah, no inverted cards. Ooh. All right, listeners. Well, there you have it. Uh, you just got your 2024 reading from the Radley uh, Valentine, uh, who uh, I am so excited to to introduce you to today. And you know, he's also he also has his podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm. 
So being part of the same network is truly very exciting. Yeah. So check it out. Um, Radley, is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners today before we head out? The only thing that I would say is that if you're interested in angel and aura cards, they are coming out the end of October. Dougal and I put together a bunch of free bonuses, which you can find at aaoracle.com. That's aaoracle.com. If you pre-order the deck, you can go there and get tons of free stuff from Dougal and I. So you can check that no otherwise okay, you can I'll be find sure to me put that at radleyvalentine.com so are you still doing are you doing any trainings um are those um are any of those trainings live with you or are they self-paced mm-hmm. coursework I've done a lot of travel and live stuff over the last three months to the point that I'm like exhausted it's like I I need to rest just in the last couple of months, I have been in Washington State, Massachusetts, Los Angeles, New York City, Charleston, South Carolina. I'm about to go to Denver, and then I have to go back to New York City. So I'm kind of in this space of like, I need a break. <laughs> so, um, but I do do, I'm doing a live thing in Denver um, that is coming up, um, but it's sold out. And so we're also starting to plan 2024 um, and uh, we'll see. I've already been approached by several different people wanting to host me to do some live live courses. So just keep an eye out. Like I said, we're planning 2024 and you'll start to hear about things in probably the first of the year. I love it. And the, the cards look good for it all. So I'm, I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you so much. And uh, listeners... Yes. And listeners, I'll see you next week where I'll help you design the life you deserve. That's all for today's episode of Modern Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. Thank you so much for being here. If you like this show, please leave a review and tell a friend. You can submit any questions about manifesting with Feng Shui at mindbodyspirit.fm and I'll answer them here on the show. Don't forget to grab your free Manifesting with Feng Shui mini course at the link in the show notes. See you next time where I'll help you design the life you deserve. Life is hard and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.